the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 22 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined, as always, by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. Yo. How do you do, my friend? Oh, I do. What's going on in the world of the kingpin? Too much, man. Too much. Well, uh, well I'm talking about the kingpin, the, the, the wrestler. Too much, Michael. Oh, still. Too <laughs> still too much. Right. Too much is good. Too much is guy. good. I'm a busy guy. We'll talk about it a little later on because uh, we didn't get your highways and byways this past Monday. No, nah, I was replaced by another Brian Michael. <laughs> yes, you Yes, you were. I think he did, he did a pretty good job, didn't he? Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he did all right. Uh, this past Monday on the New Age Insiders Network, we talked about the late Steve Bradley and uh, a lot of praise, uh, I will humbly say, uh, coming in for that episode and really appreciate it. We'll talk about it a little later in Merv Griffin time. So I really think you should go and check out uh, Steve Bradley. It's going to be part one of two this past Monday, episode 60 on the New Age Insiders Network, of course, part two coming this coming Monday. But as for this podcast, well, coming up, we have that Merv Griffin time where we get to your thoughts and answer your questions. Plus, one more snide snicker will be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But first, as we talked about last week, we are back to discussing a different topic every week voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. We do four topics. The winning topic was, Brian, the worst WWE debut. Were you uh, rooting for this topic to win? No, I didn't really have a dog in the fight. You know, I, I, I'm sad that you limited it just to WWE, because if it was WCW, we, we could probably make a three-hour podcast out of this. <laughs> yes, and uh, <laughs> Jay Duckett agrees with you. He is at Johnny Duckett on Twitter. He says, uh, the Shockmasters debut sucked, and uh, I, I can confirm that. And there are many more WCW debuts. Mike Crockett confirmed Shockmaster debut sucks. <laughs> yes, that's the headline. Yes. Put that in the dirt sheets. <laughs> um, but uh, th- I think that would be a future topic, I would assume, on a, a BDA Radio exclusive podcast here on uh, BDA Radio.com. That, that might be a two-parter. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sit down, get the popcorn. That one's going to be a while. But uh, this time, it's just World Wrestling Entertainment, the WWE. Steven, our friend, my nemesis, at HHHGuy2004, he said the worst WWE debut, James Ellsworth. Which, uh, I'm not sure, he might be interpreting it, I'll tell you the way I interpreted this thing when I came up with it, Brian, is their first appearance on television, uh, I guess for the person, for the certain character, that's how I interpret it, is that how you did as well? Yeah, so like, and also too, we're not talking like CM Punk on John Cena's entrance type stuff either, right? Yeah, I did not, there's no real reason to get into that kind of minutia. (laughs) <laughs> Although Braun Strowman as a rosebud would be a pretty good addition to the list. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Um, uh, James Ellsworth, I think, when he made his debut against, uh, was it Braun Strowman? It was Braun Strowman, yeah. Any any man with two fists, right? Right, has a chance, yeah. And, I mean, I think maybe Stephen is, uh, his opinion's kind of colored by James Ellsworth's um, little run with AJ Styles there that a lot of people didn't really approve of in the long run. But, uh, we're going a little more, we're, we're drilling down a little further, we're getting a little more specific, we're going to be talking, me and the Kingpinner Agreement here, we're going to be talking about the first appearances of certain people, of certain wrestlers, of certain gimmicks and characters, I guess we should say. And Brian, why don't you kick it off? Uh, of course, we're going to come up with our number one picks for the worst WWE debut, but I'm sure you uh, called through many, many different uh, people before you got to your number one. Uh, do you have any others? Uh, yeah, I do. So th- there's, this, these are actually two. These are these are actually two current roster guys. Ooh. And, and yeah, it, these are a little outside the box, but these debuts were weird and random, and ultimately did nothing for these guys. So the first one uh, I'm kind of thinking of here is Rusev. Do you remember? Do you remember Rusev's WWE debut, Michael? Wasn't it in a Royal Rumble? It was randomly in a Royal Rumble. He really didn't do all that much of note and was eliminated. Uh, I think by like four guys, but it was very and and, and like he didn't like come out on Raw the next night, right. if I remember correctly. It was like a month or two later where where we then saw Rusev again. So it was just he's in the Rumble, he's eliminated, and then there's nothing. Right? Yeah, I think uh, Bo Dallas had something similar to that as well. Where he came up for a Royal Rumble. Yeah, he won. He won. I think at Access or something, right? Or or he won a, a tournament or a battle royal of some sort to be in the Royal Rumble at NXT or something, right? Yeah, and, and actually, more recently, Hideo Itami was the same way. I think where he came yeah. out and did a Rumble and or or was it? No, I think he actually did the uh, WrestleMania Andre the Giant Battle Royal and didn't do much of note. Was eliminated and. Back down to NXT, he went. So yeah, that's those kind of debuts really don't do anything for anybody unless you're going to go in and win. I think, right? Right. So then the other one I was kind of thinking of, a um, little bit different, but along the same lines, was Xavier Woods, who just randomly showed up on Raw one night and was apparently our truth's best buddy, and and they were a tag team for a short spell, which was largely unsuccessful. But just again, a completely and utterly random debut, no build up, just. Here's this guy from NXT who half the audience probably doesn't even know. And, oh, yeah, he's just teaming up with R-Truth now. And then didn't he take the Funkadactyls or something from Brodus Clay? He took the Funkadactyls and his entrance music. (laughs) (laughs) 
Somebody call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see that Xavier Woods uh, kind of settled into something that uh, has had some longevity. Yeah, the start was a little, uh, little hairy. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, I'll give you one of my uh, random debuts that kind of went nowhere fast. Uh, do you recall a Braden Walker? I remember Braden Walker. Yes, that's um, uh, what the hell was his name? Chris Harris, right? Wildcat Chris Harris. Yes, he debuted uh, at near four hundred pounds. <laughs> he, he was uh, a little beefier than he was in his TNA days. That's I mean, not being, a lot. That's being, gen- that's being generous. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a, a big, huge pile of crap. But uh, he uh, he came on us. It was actually he debuted backstage in a vignette with um, Teddy Long and Armando Alejandro Estrada. And he was backstage. He just showed up and said to Armando Estrada, knock, knock. Who's there? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Braden Walker. And I'm going to knock your brains out. Those are the first words spoken by the former multi-time TNA World Tag Team Champion, Chris Harris, now known as Braden Walker. So not one of the guys that uh, WWE figured out a better way to use uh, than TNA. No, no. Yeah, they've had a much better uh, track record lately. But back then, this guy was destined to fail from day one. Especially, you know, your first words out of your mouth are knock, knock. You're getting uh, knocked out of the company pretty shortly thereafter. (laughs) Uh, You got anything else, Brian? Well, again, kind of along the lines, we'll get kind of like some of the weird ones out of the way. And, And actually, the funny thing is, Mike, is... This is, uh, I guess, uh, I'm using some creative license with the, with this one. Okay. Uh, because I'm actually going to say the delay of the Brodus Clay debut. Do you remember this going on for weeks where they would advertise him for the next week and then he wouldn't be on and they'd advertise him for the next week and then he wouldn't be on and they'd, they'd drop it for a week and then the vignette would come back? and. Yes, I, I do recall this. And it was the... The mean Brodus Clay's mean mugging for the camera yes. in the you know those short vignettes, and yeah, when he finally came out, <laughs> somebody call my mama, yes, <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, it was drastically different from the Brodus Clay we had come to know. <laughs> we had been advertised for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks <laughs> yes but i have to disagree with you i loved this Brodus clay character <laughs> in the beginning anyway well, well for me it's the it's the advertising that's where i'm using the creative license right okay is the, and just yeah it was it was something buddy that I, I i didn't certainly didn't like it once again it's there's this fat guy let's make him dance let's make him be <laughs> let's make fun of him <laughs> Brian, you have a, a special disdain for any time they uh, put a a larger gentleman on display in this way, having uh, him because uh, that's all they have done since like for I, I don't know how long. Here's this fat guy. Let's put him on TV. Who the fuck hired this fat guy? Let's make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> why is this fat? Why is this fat guy fat? <laughs> I can't deny there was a track record there. <laughs> there certainly is. It's, um, it's like it's like they, t- they look at these guys. They give them a contract. They sign them, and then like they debut, and then they're shocked because the guy's fat. <laughs> like, right? I don't know. Like, oh, uh, well, Brian. Speaking of fat guys, <laughs> how about the precursor to Bastion Booger? 
this gentleman uh, originally made his debut on a live episode of Monday Night Raw as Friar Ferguson, aka the Mad Monk. He came out in the you know the brown robe with the hood on, bald with just hair around the outside, and he didn't speak. He had a notepad that he drew a little smiley face on, and he got in the ring. Well, let me just mention he wrestled Chris Duffy, who's a New England guy, old Kowalski guy who passed away a number of years back, and he was a great hand. But even Chris Duffy couldn't save this debut. Fire Ferguson's finish, uh, well, actually, prior to the finish, he uh, put Chris Duffy's head under his robe and, and rubbed it around. Okay. And he, and he finished the match out, Brian, by essentially sitting on his face. <laughs> <laughs> a la Bastion Booger style. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did the dance and everything, because you know. <laughs> so this was. I don't. I don't know what this man's name, real name was, but this was something that was his. Like that. That finished a little. I don't even know how you would describe the, it. The shuffle. fingers out. Yeah, the little <laughs> back and forth, and then sat on his face, and, uh, and then his, big sweaty balls in your face. <laughs> yes, his name was Mike Shaw, and he's actually a Kowalski guy. Did you not know that? I did not know Bastion that. Bastion no. Booger. Wow. He was actually trained by Killer Kowalski. But uh, he did not find gold with the Friar Ferguson character, and it could be probably, it could be basically uh, argued that he didn't find gold with Bastion Booger either, but they kept him around for quite a while. <laughs> um, there's a, a couple others that maybe we should uh, zoom through quick. Um, Fanta- Fantasio. <laughs> I was going to say, he's on my list, your boy Fantasio. <laughs> yeah, we, t- we talked about him talking about uh, worst WWE gimmicks. He is the wrestling magician whose finishing maneuver was ripping the underwear off of his opponent. Do you know what I discovered, though, Mike, uh, during research uh, of uh, this topic for tonight? Research? What's uh, that? <laughs> the man who played Fantasio claims that the reason why the character was dropped so quickly was because the Undertaker didn't like him and felt that the gimmick was too close to his own. Okay. That was the claim. That's the claim of uh, the man that portrayed Fantasio. That's uh, that's a good cover. I like that. It's very creative. <laughs> it wasn't the complete and utter stunned silence of the audience. <laughs> Just being dumbfounded at what they're watching. That is a worker being a worker right there. <laughs> what about, uh, I mean, one of the most world-famous terrible debuts? I don't know if I'm going to give away anything that you've got coming up, Brian, but the gobbledygooker. You son of a bitch. That was one of your big ones? It's my number one. <laughs> okay, why don't you just... You take it then. Well, it was horrible. It was the buildup of the egg for... It was for like a couple weeks, right? Or weeks upon weeks, right? The egg, when it was oh, going to yeah. hatch. And uh, and then people waiting with anticipation. And oh, pops the freaking gobbledygooker <laughs> to just... Uh, again, just a dumbfounded audience. Uh Dancing around the ring with Gene Okerlund and just a tremendous, tremendous buildup for that. <laughs> Essentially, a, a freaking mascot. Yeah, uh, I, think it, <laughs> I think it was supposed to be in the ring, but I think it just went over so horribly that that was it. The Gollity Gooker. You got to listen to your Bruce Pritchard podcast. It wasn't meant to be in the ring. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that Bruce Pritchard sometimes. <laughs> don't you speak ill of my friend. 
All right, but I got a couple more that I want to run through quick before I get to my number one. That's right. I got another one I can go with. So okay, uh, how about it's me, it's me, it's D D P, debuting as the stalker of the Undertaker's wife Sarah. Do you remember this? I do remember this. The ridiculous part of this is that everyone knows DDP. Everyone knows he was at least dating, if not married, to Kimberly Page. And everyone knows that Kimberly Page blows Sarah out of the water looks-wise. So why would a guy like DDP be stalking The Undertaker's wife? Hey, Mike, even if you got filet mignon at home, every once in a while you want a hamburger, buddy. Oh, is that is that the deal? <laughs> That 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 one uh, really uh, was like the old proverbial fart in church when uh, <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page made his debut, uh, stalking the Undertaker's wife, and of course, you know, he ended up wrestling in the, the Undertaker, and it didn't go too swimmingly for uh, Mr. Dallas Page. I heard I heard you're an expert at uh, farting in church, Mike. What does that mean? You know. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> One more. How about fake razor and diesel? I did have I did have that on my list, but not you know not as a top choice. The anticipation, as you talked about with the gobbledygooker, week after week, uh, or as a couple weeks anyway, where Jim Ross shoot promos. <laughs> Jim Ross was talking about how Razor and Diesel are coming back, as uh, you know Kevin Nash and Scott Hall had left for WCW, of course. And, of course, the debut of Razor and Diesel. You know, two guys, Rick Bogner and Glenn Jacobs, who later would be Kane, of course. And uh, this didn't go over well, but they went with it for a while. He never promised Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He promised the characters of Razor Ramon and Diesel. And they were rejected by the fans, of course. I guess they were supposed to be heels, but they, you know, of course, never rose to the success of the originals and kind of sputtered out and off they went all right brian your number one pick well you took my number one pick so this will be my backup <laughs> your backup my backup number one number pick, one pick but... for the worst wwe debut in history of all time let me know what you got yeah, this this one actually involves somebody you would consider uh, the all-time greatest, perhaps, at, at what he does. Uh, and another guy who was one of the most popular wrestlers of the 80s and 90s. And we'll take you back to Royal Rumble 1993, Mike. Do you kind of know where I'm going yet? I really don't. Oh, okay. So it was the unveiling of Narcissist Lex Luger. <laughs> it was... Un- I-, I remember I remember watching it as a kid and thinking it was weird and uncomfortable and not really knowing how to how to take it and I watched it back today and it was just as awkward as I remember Bobby Heating just <laughs> describing <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah just- look at the look at the biceps look at the chest look at the look at the abdominal region Look at the thighs. <laughs> I know you love yourself, but show show the people. <laughs> maybe, Mike, maybe we could splice a clip of that in, in here. <laughs> oh, yes. You are in love with yourself, and you have every right to be. You are the narcissist. You are the greatest creature. Gibson, you are Gibson. There's the only thing I can say. <laughs> it is. 
it is fantastic and uncomfortable and just so confusing on so many levels. <laughs> but just, yeah, some awkward, awkward goodness there coming out of Bobby Heenan, who, who you know, again, maybe the greatest manager of all time. Uh, and Lex Luger, who he wasn't the most gifted in-ring performer, but hard to argue the success the man had, um, you know, certainly being a top performer for both nwa which later became wcw and then also wwe all right that's a good one that's a good one i didn't even uh you're digging a little deep i like it i like it all right my number one pick worst wwe debut huh i have a couple here that i could pick from but i'm gonna kind of go with my out of the box pick the worst wwe debut i'm just gonna say brian the Divas Revolution. Wow. All right. Do you remember this one evening? Well, yeah, I remember I remember when Stephanie McMahon created the Divas Revolution. She certainly did, right before <laughs> our very eyes. She Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Is that someone that we know, Brian? Is yeah, very, your good, very good friend of the show. <laughs> Tarzan Taylor. Um, <laughs> but the Divas Revolution was uh, yeah, single-handedly created by one Stephanie McMahon in the ring on Raw, where she basically formed three factions and introduced three new WWE Divas. Of course, coming up from NXT, uh, it was Becky Lynch, I believe. It was Charlotte, and it was Sasha Banks. Who? <laughs> exactly. And the one way to just kill the impact of a person's debut is to debut a whole mess of people all at once in one night. And that's what happened here. I mean... All three of those women coming up from NXT eventually found their place and were able to find an audience with the WWE Universe, quote-unquote. But that, that, <laughs> why, the tone, why the tone with that? I, I just hate the, the WWE-speak terminology, the fans, you know what I mean? They're the fans, they're the people, as Tarzan would say, going back to Tarzan <laughs> Taylor again. But the Divas Revolution, it, it, it stumbled out of the block, you know, uh, a number of people's eyes, including mine, and that that started the whole faction with um, PCB or whatever it was, and Team Bad, and all this stuff that really uh, didn't start off these new characters on the right foot. How many times did did like Charlotte Flair and Paige like turn on each other and then get back together? I felt like it was like an endless week by week thing. Uh, it it was it was uh, thankfully though it is it's all calmed down the factions have dissolved they dissolved after a couple months but not a good way to debut three dynamic women who transformed women's wrestling in NXT to bring them all up at once and just toss them out on the main stage and say okay there's eighty you ninety you out here just go. That was uh, not a way to start a quote-unquote revolution. Like I said, it eventually worked out, but this introduction, not Crockett-approved whatsoever. <laughs> and I'll say the worst, I'll take, I'll take the heat, the worst WWE debut of all time, the quote-unquote, I'm doing a lot of quotes in this thing, the Tevas Revolution. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you, Michael. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> we just like to thank each other on this podcast. Yes. That's all we do. 
And we thank you, the fans, for listening, for listening to our picks for the worst WWE debut. What do you think? I know there's plenty. I got some on my list here I didn't even have a chance to get to. I want to hear from you guys out there your pick for the worst WWE debut. You can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash the WPAN. Just put him in the comments where this podcast is posted on Facebook. Or you can go to Twitter at the WPAN. Tweet us your pick, worst WWE debut. We want to hear from you guys out there. And we're going to hear from you right now because it is Merv Griffin time. Brian, name for your favorite episode of our favorite show. You know what it is. And, of course, we're doing voicemails over on the New Age Insiders Network edition of the podcast. Get yours in right now. We will play it on the show this coming Monday. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. You can let us know your pick for worst WWE debut there. Let us know what you think of last Monday's podcast about Steve Bradley. 401 401- Five eight four nine seven two six. That's over on Mondays on the NAI Network. The way to participate here on BDA Radio is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. All right, let's get into this kingpin. TK, the executive producer of the wrestling podcast about nothing, at THOG94. He says, this is my take on the Gargalyric segment. Oh, boy. My sympathies go out to Brian Malonis for dealing with it. And I hope Croc Socks doesn't choke. Uh, maybe it's a typo. Maybe it means he hopes I do choke. But uh, <laughs> thankfully I didn't. And we'll see when uh, Gargalyrics returns on the uh, wrestling podcast about nothing. I guess maybe not keep your hopes up about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Mills follows it up at Mike504Saints. Of course, we know him from Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Blowing up over there. On a book in the territory, he says, for the first time since I've known Malonis, I felt extreme empathy for him during that segment. <laughs> wow. See, I'm bringing people together, Brian. Gargalyrics brings podcasters together. You like that? Sure. And actually, Glenn Abbott likes that, too. He followed up at GA WrestleNut on Twitter. He says, I had to retweet that as it's a first, and it needs to be kept for posterity. Of course, Mike Mills saying he uh, felt for you, and he was backing you up. Well, I appreciate that. That needed to be recorded by Glenn Abbott. (laughs) (laughs) Big Dog, at Big Dog Racing on Twitter. That's big with two Gs. D-A-W-G-G, Racing. He wanted to thank us for the shout-out last week, talking about uh, worst wrestling gear. He wanted that to win, and of course it did. But he asks us, how could you forget this immortal helmet? You know what, what immortal helmet he's talking about, Brian, don't you? The Hulk helmet. Yes, the big fist. And it's a gray area. I think what we were talking about, Brian, was wrestling gear, ring gear that was wrestled in. Yeah, not just what entrance guys gear. wore to the ring. or. And I, I guess he did use that partially in the ring. He did a uh, house <laughs> show run where he used that helmet, but I don't think he wore it most of the time when he was wrestling anyway. <laughs> Hey, even Babe Ruth didn't hit a home run every time up at the plate, all right? We posted last week's podcast about worst wrestling gear, Brian, and we used a picture of Farouk, the original Farouk. Actually, Farouk Assad was his full name. I neglected to mention that last week. And Carlos, at RealCarlosO on Twitter, says, Dear God, I remember this awful getup. Thank goodness he started the nation. Yeah, that was one (laughs) of the more 
ridiculous, more foolish-looking outfits I've ever seen. It certainly was. <laughs> and Blackjack version one, he's at Blackjack Willy one, simply says, damn, <laughs> in regards to that photo. Appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Stately Wayne Manor. I don't know if you know this gentleman, Brian, but he was a wrestling columnist. I don't know if he's, he might, might still be. Back when the wrestling magazines, there were 20 wrestling magazines on the stands. I remember reading, I believe it was in Wrestling World, the column of one Stately Wayne Manor. Well, he tweeted at us. He is at SW Manor on Twitter. And he responded to worst wrestling gear by saying, Mantar or we riot. Uh, and Mantar did have terrible gear. He had the eye makeup that went into his hair, which was shaved to look like a horn of some type. But uh, the big thing with Mantar was the like the buffalo head that he wore. And <laughs> that was, like I mentioned, entrance gear that we didn't really take into consideration with last week's topic. But uh, appreciate the stately one, stately Wayne Manor, checking in on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Mark Golden, at the Mark Golden on Twitter, he says, Men on a Mission were just an early, larger version of the New Day. Well, they had, <laughs> they had very brightly colored gear. I can say that much. Uh, they, well, the rap and the gospel, I guess, somewhat related, maybe. I can, I can see that, Mark. Tony S, at Referee Tony S on Twitter, of course, our friends from the Check in the Boots podcast, he and Chip, he says, that damn Aldo Montoya missed the cut? I think you might have mentioned him briefly, but I don't know if he was one of our official picks for worst ring gear ever. I don't, I don't think he was, no. But uh, he did have the, well, you mentioned the jock strap, I think. You mentioned well, the jock strap yeah. headgear. Yeah, with him and uh, also Max Moon had a very jockstrap-looking uh, mask. Yeah, there's so many of these things, just like with this week's topic, so many that, yeah, some of them do miss the cut, and we appreciate people tweeting us with the ones that we missed out on, and thank you, Tony, for bringing up the Portuguese Man of War. Okay, let's get into stuff from this past Monday, Brian. Steven, at HHHGuy2004, he says, thank you for this. You got Alex Arion at the Alex Arion on another podcast. I swear this world's gonna come to an end soon. Hell freezing over. I know it. <laughs> yeah, Alex Arion doesn't do uh, a lot of podcasts. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He's kind of removed himself mostly from the wrestling business. We were very lucky to be able to get Alex on the podcast, especially with the topic at hand, which is his good friend Steve Bradley. We appreciate his uh, his lovely wife allowing him out of the house uh, <laughs> and hand, hand handling the little Greek army they have there uh, while, while Alex could talk to us. So we appreciate it. I know nothing <laughs> about that kind of stuff, Brian. <laughs> Is that because you're celibate? Oh, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> All right, let me see here. You, you know what it is. You know what it is, Mike. What's that? It's because you've been wearing those jockey shorts all these years. <laughs> I love jockeys. <laughs> well, you need to keep my boys, you know, in place. Uh, all right, TK once again uh, at Thog ninety four. He says, "Damn at the WPAN for having a two part episode and leaving us on a cliffhanger. Great episode. <laughs> Can't wait for next week." And he says, uh, "Brian Fury is hired." Hired. <laughs> 
Brian did very well. Thank you very much to uh, the firebrand Brian Fury. We'll have to there's have only back. One, There's only room for one Brian Michael uh, on this podcast. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see, Brian. You got Ring of Honor coming up. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what's going on. But yes, uh, part two of Steve Bradley coming on Monday on the New Age Insiders Network. Uh, John, uh, it's it's G J O N I. Is that Joni? John Joni, perhaps. He is sure. at John Joni on Twitter. He says, great listen, was reading a lot about Steve Bradley in the after mags in the late 90s, and he was touted as the next big thing. Nice stories to hear. Yeah, Steve was, we talked about it on Monday, the unsung hero of the developmental system, not only doing extremely well himself, but helping out guys like Kurt Angle uh, you know, develop and an asset to the WWE system, and it's a shame that he didn't get to show that on a more national stage. Yeah, for me, for just from a, a fan standpoint of hearing not only Steve's story, uh, you really get a glimpse into the early days of developmental, and now we see, you know, what what the performance center is and what NXT is. But Steve was really, you know, part of. Um, he was the guinea pig. He was the one of the test subjects for even having a, a developmental system, and you can kind of get some insight into how chaotic and disorganized really they were with that that piece of the business at that point yes when you lose a guy on an island for 18 months you know it's a little disorganized up there in connecticut yeah you're, you're sending them sending them you know weekly checks but no, nobody's even quite remembering uh he's there so pretty bizarre stuff yeah quite a, amazing stories on this nai network two-part edition more to come folks this monday on the new age insiders network at TC Tapes, of course, Tanya Cornell, TC Tapes, said Steve Bradley was the man, especially when it came to breakouts from New England. Give this podcast a listen. He's definitely missed. And we actually heard, Brian, from people that knew Steve outside of wrestling, which is really cool to hear, uh, including like family members, which was uh, kind of nice that they said some nice things about what we did on the podcast and you always think when you do this kind of stuff you wonder how you know people we did it with uh, Tony Rumble too you wondered like how people that were close to him would take us talking about him like that but uh, we've gotten a lot of great feedback and it's really uh, really humbling really appreciate it yeah we're glad um, you know I, I know uh, some people close to Steve uh, reached out, and we're, we're thankful that uh, that we got the chance to talk about him with Brian and Alex, and that uh, we were able to shine some light on uh, a guy who his story and and his legacy deserves to be talked about more. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw because I think I think it might have actually been just tweeted to me, but Les Thatcher uh, actually commented on on Steve as well. Really. So. Yes. He said, Steve Bradley was a talented worker and dear friend and a pleasure to work with. Much love and respect. So that's awesome. cool to hear from, yeah, to hear from somebody like uh, Les Thatcher, who was, is, is, not was, is obviously a tremendous trainer uh, in the pro wrestling business, was WWE developmental trainer for, for a number of years. And yeah, um, just, you know, pretty cool that this has reached so many people who you know, fall kind of two categories. Didn't didn't know who Steve Bradley was, and and we're happy to to provide that platform to to inform them. And two people who knew who Steve Bradley was and knew him personally who uh, enjoyed it. So pretty cool. Yeah, and there's a lot more to come on uh, part two coming up this Monday. Really hope everyone will check that one out as well. Uh, really proud of the uh, conversation we had with uh, Brian Fury and Alex Arion. Thanks to those guys once again for uh, sitting down with us. 
Yeah, we didn't we didn't intend to do a two parter. It just no. sometimes it happens when you get recording. It, it this thing, stuff is just uh, going so well that you know you just you just keep rolling and, and you go with it, and all of a sudden you got two episodes <laughs> instead of. Uh, Pulling back the curtain a little bit, uh, you get yeah. two episodes instead of one, and uh, I mean, just from and, and I did not know Steve personally. I've heard some of the stories. I'm obviously friends with many people who are close with him, but to hear some of the stories, that was you know, it was really cool just from a from a fan standpoint for me. You know, just you know, being a fan of this business and getting that glimpse and hearing some of the funny stories and it's good stuff. It was really good stuff. And thank you to everyone who's a part of Merv Griffin Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter. And we will bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com. I mentioned Mike Mills, Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Find them wherever you get your podcasts. MikeMills.Podbean.com. They do the Smoky Mountain Podcast on Sundays and their flagship podcast on Thursdays. Two big episodes a week. One place to get it, mikemills.podbean.com or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Check in the boots with Chip and Tony. We talked about them a second ago. They're doing it on Sundays. They are reviewing the history of professional wrestling. They tackle one topic every week, voted on by their listeners and fans on Twitter. And it is at ChipKCTB is where you can find the poll. And you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. It's checking the boots. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Adam and Jason. Every Friday, I believe, every Thursday night, they do it on YouTube. It goes up by Friday where they're talking the week in professional wrestling, Raw, SmackDown, whatever else is going on in wrestling. They're talking about it on the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. And finally, the Hurricane Rana. They're doing Facebook Live. They're going to be back, I've been told, very soon for 59 Media. Facebook.com slash Hurricane Rana Wrestling Podcast at the Hurricane Rana on Twitter to get updates on when they are back. Okay. On this BDA bonus podcast, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. I hearken back to the immortal words of a gentleman we've mentioned many times on this podcast. Tarzan Taylor. He said, all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So with that said, and following the theme of the topic of this podcast, Brian, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. You know, Isaac, everybody... Knows about the hitman Bret Hart. Everybody Open talks about why. <laughs> Everybody talks about See him being the best there is, the best there was, the best there'll ever be. But nobody knows about you, with the exception of me and a few other people. But you know what, Isaac? Open. I can just see it now. I can see it. When you get in the ring and you get your hands on Bret the Hitman Hart, and you get those big massive hands. What do you weigh anyway? Those 330 pounds? Yeah. When you get those hands around the Bret and Hitman Hart today, it's going to be great. Bret Hart, he's going to treat you just like you're decay, just like you're cavity, just like you're harder or flat. He is going to destroy you, Bret Hart. I can't wait. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. Not just you, Bret Hart. He's going to drill his way to the top of the entire World Wrestling Federation. He's going to start with you, Hart, but he's going to go. He's going to go to... Hey, by the way, 
Who are some of your favorite World Wrestling Federation superstars? Well, Will Diesel and, yeah. and Razor Ramon. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Bret Hart. Yeah, Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Open wide. Yes, Kingpin, as I said, following the theme of this episode, Terrible, bad WWE debuts, Isaac Yankum DDS. <laughs> Good old Isaac Yankum, huh? That's the one. Jim, uh, <laughs> Jerry Lawler's personal dentist. I don't know why he'd want a, a evil, sadistic dentist to be operating on him, but... You know, you know what the amazing thing about this is, Mike? That was the close of that episode of Superstars. Yeah, like, what's wrong at with the that? end of it. At the end of it, the like the you know the um, credits or whatever are coming on the screen. It's like that's what they chose to end that episode with. Good God! You got to bring the people back. <laughs> clearly, yeah, clearly, <laughs> Isaac Yankum closing the show with his terrible teeth and terrible laugh. Uh, that's the way to close it. That's the way to bring the people back. Terrible laugh. The only redeeming quality of Isaac Yankum DDS is that he'll laugh. That's your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And my opinion counts here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, and especially when it comes to the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. It's the only place it counts, I hear. (laughs) To check out this Hall of Famer in all his glory, find the link to the video in the description of this episode, or go to the Wrestling Podcast about nothing page on BDARadio.com. Okay, Brian, before we get out of here, you're packing your bags, about to hit those highways and those byways. Doing that pro wrestling thing. Where are you headed? Well, Mike, I'm heading to lovely Salisbury, Massachusetts. Ooh. To the Boys and Girls Club. Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Getting my rematch for the Atlantic Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against John Poe. Oh. I got a feeling it's going to be a golden night for the Kingpin, buddy. You think so, huh? I think so. And uh, also, too, I know I know. traditionally we just do my dates this weekend, but uh, putting it out there again, uh, next weekend, June the 24th, Lowell, Massachusetts, the historic Lowell Memorial Auditorium, the place where Shawn Michaels lost his smile. And lost his pants. <laughs> yeah. Ring of Honor International TV taping. I'll be taking part in it in some capacity. Ooh, uh, so, ooh, how about that, huh? So, if you're if you're a fan of me, a fan of this podcast, or just a fan of uh, the best damn pro wrestling on the planet, I would suggest going out to Lowell uh, on June 24th and getting your tickets uh, in advance as well. And also, they'll also be in, at the, in the same venue the night before for the Best in the World pay-per-view as well. That is June 23rd. You can get that on traditional pay-per-view, or you can go out to the Little Memorial Auditorium. And, of course... And Mike Crockett will be there. Yes, we're, we're, we're talking about this. We're going to have a little meet-up in the Little Memorial Auditorium. I think we'll do it on Saturday when we know that the Kingpin is going to be there in some capacity, live and in person. You can see the Kingpin under the lights at the Little Memorial Auditorium, and you can see me... Uh, under the seats, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we can even arrange for me to try to get over to wherever you guys are if you're if you're you're close to the venue. I, I do. Have, yeah, we'll have to get there early, but uh, maybe I can sneak away for a moment or two. Well, get your tickets now for the Lowell Memorial Auditorium Saturday, June twenty fourth for the TV taping. Want to fill that place up with WPAN fans for the Kingpin, and uh, please come on out and support. Our friend Brian, 
and support the wrestling podcast about nothing. Another way you can support the wrestling podcast about nothing is by buying our T-shirt. Buy a damn T-shirt, for the love of God. Yes, ProWrestlingTees.com <laughs> slash New Age Insiders. We are in the New Age Insiders store. We thank you very much, Jason and Liam and Bill, for letting us be in their store. The Curtain Jerker WPAN T-shirt. Find that. ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. Bruce, Bruce Pritchard calls his podcast listeners. We're taking it a step further. Mike Crockett will Skype you a nude if you buy a wrestling <laughs> podcast about nothing t-shirt how can you say no to that there's really no way you can so uh, <laughs> uh let, me, let me just mention if you want to book brian malonis for your upcoming professional wrestling event email brian malonis at comcast.net or you can dm him on twitter at brian malonis and for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing and to check out bda radio's mma podcast a man walks into an arm bar with the birthday boy chad alden and Paul St. Emma Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. Yes, happy birthday to our own Chad Alden over there on a man walks into an bar. And as for us, Kingpin, we will be back next Monday with episode 61. It is part two of our discussion about Steve Bradley. We'll talk about his return to New England, starting up the WFA, which is kind of a transformative promotion when it comes to New England wrestling. It really upped the game of independent wrestling in this area. And we'll talk plenty about Steve Bradley in episode 61. That is the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. You can find that by just searching WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. Both feeds will come up, this feed and the NAI Network feed. Make sure you're subscribed to both. Then catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. We'll see you Monday, Brian. Have a good night, Michael. Thank you very much. He is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.